Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1070, air date June 8, 2022. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Adure. Um, it is a little bit after seven. And we're going to have a science discussion today that I'm going to share with you, um, basically a start of the brain health series we're going to do on brain health. And I think it's important to have this discussion because it'll give you context from a systems approach to really start looking um, at the brain uh, in a way that you start uh, having a framework to actually understand the nature of many of these brain diseases that you hear about, Alzheimer's, um, you know, ALS, Parkinson's, all those things, uh, but it's gonna give it to you in a context that gives you a foundational systems understanding. And many of you can also share this with your doctors and in fact, neuroscientists. Um, as we've talked about the problem with medicine as a whole is medicine does not take a systems approach. Um, and it's not, the fault of many of the medical doctors is just the nature of the entire medical system. Um, the medical system was actually created as a system to handle crises, the modern Western medical system. And in, in that case, it's very, very good for that. So if someone has a major crisis after something awful has occurred, let's say they have a major traumatic brain injury or they get into a major accident, um, obviously surgery, and those things are, are very, very valuable. However, uh, Western medicine was not designed to handle, uh, it was not designed to really handle um, large scale systems understanding of diseases, right? And prevention. Um, in fact, somewhere in the history of medicine, it's a longer discussion, um, at one point, the nature of healing was really looking at prevention as well as cures, and that got split up the preventative piece it went into a bucket called public health and the other aspect of medicine, which was about treating people became part of quote unquote Western medicine. But most of that treatment was really uh, after a crisis took place. And I've spoken about this before, but to give you a very brief background on this, um, in the history of Western medicine really comes out of the Crimean war. And back in the 1800s, uh, Florence Nightingale was really not just a nurse, but she was really the uh, creator of the modern system of healthcare, which was about um, putting soldiers back on the field, cleaning up the hospitals, making an environment where you could do clinical research, handling the crises. But that foundation of medicine became sort of the base of all medical care, which is everything was treated as a crisis. So as a part of that, when in that environment, when people looked at the body, it was always about taking care of an organ system. It wasn't about seeing the interrelation between this organ and that organ. So that's, I mean, it's, it's a longer discussion on that, but um, Florence Nightingale uh, has been depicted, you know, when I was in elementary school, that, you know, the lady of the lamp that, she, you know, the book that she was just a nurse. She wasn't. She was a member of the Royal Society of Statistics. She was really the creator of the modern healthcare system. Okay, so that's important to understand. But that understanding relative to our discussion today, 
which is going to be on the blood-brain barrier and brain health. And um, research that I participated in as a co-principal investigator with one of the leading neuroscientists in the world uh, using Cytosol, which I'm going to share with you, really helped to elicit um, the fact that the blood-brain barrier is probably one of the most critical things to brain health. And so today, what we're going to be talking about is, and by the way, those of you who are joining new, you can go to vashiva.com. That's the website that uh, really has all the different um, attributes and different things that it's really the sort of the core website that you can learn about, not only things that I've worked on, but the entire truth, freedom, and health movement, vashiva.com. It's intimately tied to what I do. So please go there and check out vashiva.com. And there's a URL called vashiva.com slash join, which I'll talk more about, which is really about uh, encouraging all of you to become systems thinkers and to be part of our truth, freedom, and health movement. But what you're going to learn today is what is a blood-brain barrier, okay? We're going to talk about the anatomy of the blood-brain barrier. We're going to talk about the molecular systems of the blood-brain barrier. We're going to talk about the systems architecture of the blood-brain barrier. And then we're going to end with brain health and the blood-brain barrier. The key thing is, um, you know, you can, there's a bunch of sites on the internet where um, I think there's a whole site called Masterclass where you can study from people. We make all of this knowledge absolutely free, available to all of you. It's a public service um, that not only do I do, but we have a whole set of people who support our movement, volunteers and others to really make this knowledge available because we really want to inspire in all of you a systems approach. And many people say, hey, Dr. Shiva, you're giving all this information away, what can I do to support what you're doing? One of the things you can do that I want everyone to do is to learn how to think. Very different than learning what to think. We want to uh, encourage all of you to, to learn how to think. Okay, so I'm going to share with you some very um, good science today that you really can't get anywhere. I'm going to make it um, accessible to you. If you took a neuroscience course, most neuroscientists actually don't even know this knowledge. And if you took, they'd make it so complicated you wouldn't even understand it. So one of the things that we do here is to make this accessible. But part of that accessibility is I want you to learn how to think. And in specifically what that means is I want you to uh, learn to really understand the science of systems, okay? Because in the modern world, if you want to think pro or anti, left or right, you know, all those kinds of ways, it's really not going to get you anywhere. In fact, you're going to be, as we talked about in the talk yesterday, you're going to be one of the four buckets that the ruling class wants you to be in. But when you take a scientific systems approach, you actually free yourself and you're actually on the road to what I say, truth, freedom, and health. In fact, that's a system, understanding the interconnection between the system of truth, the scientific method, understanding why we need to fight for freedom and why we need to take care of our health, physical health, infrastructure health, et cetera. These things are connected. But if you don't understand the science of systems, if you're not committed to learn how to think versus what to think, you're frankly never going to really move forward. And so the best way you can, if you want to, quote unquote, repay me anything is to um, learn the science of systems. And as a part of that, I've made it accessible to all of you. Uh, please go uh, to vashiva.com slash join and take the Foundations of Systems course. It's a very powerful course. I've made it accessible by giving people a huge scholarship, a $2,500 scholarship. So you have to pay a very nominal amount, but that's how you can repay me is for you to get educated or frankly be enslaved. 
Um, and also as a part of that education, I want all of you to go get access to the free book, System and Revolution. You just cover shipping and handling, but it's going to help you a lot because without you guys uh, having to spend your time at MIT for 20, 30 years, uh, integrate Eastern medicine, Western medicine, um, engineering systems theory, you can learn it in a book. And if you're dedicated and you take the course, you can learn it very, very quickly. And also, before I begin, I want to uh, let everyone know every Thursday, tomorrow's Thursday, every Thursday at 11 a.m. EDT, and I do two sessions at 8 p.m., we have a full-blown open house. And you can ask me questions, we can interact, and you can meet a lot of um, wonderful people from all over the world. And you can go to vashiva.com slash orientation. I'll leave that up there if you guys want to go to that URL, vashiva.com slash orientation. We have 11 a.m. EDT and 8 p.m. Sign up. And we it's a wonderful session. You get to meet people. But most importantly, it's a way you can learn more about truth, freedom, and health and a systems approach. Okay? So, again, to those of you joining, we're really going to go through what is a blood-brain barrier, okay? Um, and you're going to learn the anatomy of the blood-brain barrier. You're going to learn the molecular systems of the blood-brain barrier. And then you're going to uh, have access to some very important uh, research that I was involved in with uh, my colleagues at USC, where we published a, a, a pretty big paper, really integrating all the different brain diseases into a systems architecture. It had not been done before. And we were able to do this because of the Cytosolve approach that we took. And interesting enough, Cytosolve is a private company, and it's rare that a university pays a private company to do research, but we were actually paid um, and funded to do that research because of the powerful nature of Cytosol, which can do the work of lots and lots of um, postdocs and grad students. I want to share with you that, okay? But uh, one of the important things to understand is what is Cytosol, right? Um, and Cytosol is really a powerful technology for research and discovery. In many ways, we are disintermediating academic research, which is slower, disintermediating big pharma, because we figured out a way, the technology I created, to actually do that. So what I want to do is just play a quick video for all of you on what is Cytosol. I could go into it, but I think this video will really explain what is Cytosol. So let me play this. Who would have ever thought someone like me would invent email and create Cytosol to revolutionize health for personalized and precision medicine, a system for delivering the right medicine for the right person at the right time? I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. As a child, I observed my grandmother, a poor village farmer, practice Siddha, India's oldest system of medicine, to heal local villagers by observing their face, to know their unique constitution, to deliver a unique combination of foods, healing herbs and massage. The caste system and her abilities to heal inspired me to understand the interconnectedness of all life. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, technologist, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. As a 14-year-old, I began working as a full-time research fellow at Rutgers Medical School to unravel the mysteries of sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS, and created the world's first email system long before I ever heard of 
of MIT. As I traverse academia over the next three decades, I observe self-serving academics, never solving real problems, writing grant after grant, competing for tenure, while diminishing real science and real scientists, pushing a reductionist science to destroy the scientific method. Like the blind men who never saw the whole elephant, but the parts, they delivered a dismembered view of reality. I observe Big Pharma use such reductionism, wasting billions year after year to fund research in test tubes, killing animals, and using the poor as guinea pigs for clinical testing to create products that even the FDA no longer allowed. Not only Big Pharma practice this reductionism, but also the elites of Big Vitamin, Big Green, and Big New Age, with gurus and yogis, empowered by Hollywood celebrities, selling one supplement after another based on a cherry-picked science. All that changed in 2003, when the Human Genome Project ended, revealing that humans have the same number of genes, about 20,000, as that of a worm, giving rise to a systems biology. We realized that one-size-fits-all medicine was a failure. We realized their medicines were killing us, making today's generation's lifespan shorter than any previous generation. Obesity, heart disease, deaths from adverse reaction to drugs, confusion on what diet, what supplements, and who to believe is what they have delivered you. They push natural and organic products for your beauty and wellness, while their real solution is their plastic surgeons and Botox. We've been sold out. It's time for real science, a system science that interconnects the parts to discover truth, to know what really works to get the health we need and deserve. This is why I created Cytosolve. Cytosolve is about truth, freedom, and health versus power, profit, and control. Cytosolve is a revolutionary technology integrating bioinformatics, computational biology, mathematical modeling, decentralization to reveal the truth. Cytosolve computes trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular interactions to discover what actually works based on the actual science. No reductionism, no cherry picking. Cytosol's predictive modeling has been proven accurate time and time again, matching laboratory results. Cytosol discovers synergistic combinations of compounds to maximize health and reduce toxicity. For example, we know curcumin from turmeric and resveratrol from red grapes alleviate inflammation. But how much should we combine? Current methods are hand-waving at best. Here, with Cytosol, we first model the control condition with no curcumin and no resveratrol to simulate high inflammation with the cytokine level at 0.15 micromolar. Next, we add just 5 micromolars of curcumin. The inflammation drops to 0.05. Next, we use 5 micromolars of resveratrol and the inflammation drops from 0.15 to 0.06. But when we combine curcumin and resveratrol of 3 micromolars of curcumin and 2 micromolars of resveratrol, inflammation drops from 0.15 to 0.03. Far lower, nearly 200% less than just one compound alone. That's the synergy principle of system science. We've all had enough of their fake and reductionist science. They think we'll simply keep buying their marketing, their celebrities, and their products that can never truly heal us. We don't need them. Great things come when we integrate the best of things. It's our time. It's time we delivered solutions for ourselves. It's time for truth, freedom, and health. It's time for Cytosol. Welcome. So in this area of brain health um, and brain disease, there's a lot of literature out there. So with Cytosolve, what we're able to do, as the video said, was we're able to take all the literature out there and organize it and systematically understand what the mechanisms are and then build what we call a systems architecture. What do I mean by that? Imagine if you are building a house, right, and you're the designer of it, you know how many bedrooms it has, how, whether it has a kitchen, right? Uh, living room, bathroom, et cetera. And you know how those rooms are, where they're interconnected, okay? Now imagine that you're trying to unravel 
how nature, God, grand designer, whatever approach you want to take, designed the human body. So what happens in this is we almost have to reverse engineer it and figure out the architecture. So we're getting pieces of it, which are known as molecular pathways. And then putting these molecular pathways together, you're then trying to understand what the system's architecture is, okay? So that's what we did here. Um, we, yeah, so someone says, is it an ontology-based data? That's only one piece of cytosol. Uh, we have that piece. We have the ability to uh, integrate uh, models and build large-scale models and then do screening. So it's a bunch of things. But critical here, in this case, uh, one of the first steps we do is build a systems architecture. So that's what we did with Cytosolve. And you can go to cytosolve.com and you can find more uh, stuff about it. And let me just jump into now the work we did with the Keck School of uh, Keck Medical School Center at USC. And here our client was actually the University of Southern California. And we looked at neurodegenerative diseases. And what we were building was a systems architecture, the parasites, astrocytes, and endothelial cells. Let me explain this. Okay. So what is the blood-brain barrier? Okay. So if you were to think about your brain as consisting of neurons, which are the components, uh, the nerve, you know, the uh, brain cells um, and astrocytes, there's all these different uh, types of brain cells in your brain. Okay. So let's assume you call that the brain. All right. These interconnected set of brain cells. All right. So that's your brain here. But remember, your brain can't just your brain cells can't just be there. They have to be fed nourishment. They need to be ha have the ability to remove toxins. So it's an engine that's running, right? Think about the brain as an engine that's running. It needs to be fed with nutrients, blood and other nutrients. And you need to have the ability to remove toxins. All right? So just think about it that simply. All right. So what does that? What does that? Does anyone know? Let's see. Looking here. Okay, so what does that is called the blood-brain barrier, okay? The blood-brain barrier is known as the vasculature. We discussed a few um, days ago the cardiovascular system, okay? And we talked about the arteries and the veins and the capillaries and all these things that feed your, uh, you know, that start... Uh, from your uh, heart and go throughout your entire body. Well, there is a vasculature, a system that supports blood into your brain and removes toxins. That's called the blood-brain barrier, okay? So what is a blood-brain barrier composed of? So if you took a microscope and so if here's your brain and you thought about in a very simplistic way, a helmet sort of surrounding the brain Consider that helmet to be the blood-brain barrier. And if you looked microscopically at that helmet, you would see it composed of like spaghetti-like things, you know, the vasculature, okay? Which is all the, uh, the capillaries that feed blood and can remove uh, toxins out. Well, that vasculature is composed of three uh, the vasculature in the brain is known as a neurovascular unit. We're going to look at that. But just to give you an idea of how, um, uh, how extensive this vasculature is, if you took 
all the elements of your blood brain barrier and you literally, you know, stretched it out, it would go from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Okay. Pretty long. So all of that stuff is compacted into your brain just to give you the um, level of uh, sophistication that nature has done. Now the neurovascular unit, let me show you a picture of it. Is this anatomical unit shown in diagram A here, and this is in, in one of the papers we published. And what you see here, so consider the green here and the, the sort of the aqua here as your brain. These are elements of the brain, the neuronal unit, okay? The astrocytes and the neurons. So think about this over here as a, you're microscopically looking at an element of the brain. And here is the vascular, so it's the neural vascular unit. This is the neural part, and this is the vascular part. So this, we're looking at a cross-section. This tan piece here is, remember if you remembered in a couple of videos ago, we talked about the, the capillary. So this is a capillary inside the gray areas where blood flows through. The base of this, this capillary system is made up of an endothelial cell. So this is an endothelial cell right here, okay? And blood flows through here. And this is the astrocytes and neuron, but there's a very, very, very important um, piece of the anatomy here known as a pericytes, peri, P-E-R-I, cytes, C-Y-T-E. Okay, you may want to write this down, okay? The pericyte is this pink structure. Guess what this does? It's almost like a valve. So if blood is flowing in here, it decides how much blood is going to go in here. And if you have toxins building up here, it's a thing that takes the toxins out, okay? So quick summary. So the parasites, here's the endothelia where blood is flowing through, okay? Your brain's over here. The parasites are determining blood flow, clean blood into the brain, and are also determining uh, what can pass into the brain and what toxins you take out. So obviously you wanna be able to feed the brain with nutrients, but you also want to be able to remove toxins, okay? So what happens if the parasites break down, okay? Which is what people call the breakdown in the blood-brain barrier, okay? And so if you look over here, if we go here, we're looking at a lateral view of it. So here is again, see these are the endothelial right here, making up the blood-brain barrier, okay? Blood is flowing through here. And these are the parasites up here. And the blood-brain integrity, okay, can, if it's destroyed, which means these parasites here start breaking down, then guess what happens? Garbage is not removed and you don't get blood flowing in. It's not a good thing. So Betsa Zilkovich at USC had come and others had come to the Conclusion that when the blood-brain barrier here, which is this parasite's very specific breaks down, it gets destroyed, guess what? You're going to have a serious problem with your blood-brain barrier, okay? It's basically breaking down. So imagine the parasites represent like the bricks in a wall. And when those bricks start getting holes poked in them and they start deteriorating, all sorts of stuff can come into your brain, but you're also not able to remove toxins, Okay. Very, very uh, important stuff, parasites, okay? So you can impress your own neuroscientist or your neurologist or if you meet 
a medical student with this, okay? So this was a theory. Now, what had not been done is to really understanding the system's mechanisms. And that's where Cytosolve and our collaborative work came in um, with uh, Melanie Sweeney, who was a postdoc, Baroslav Zilkovich, who was the other, my co-PI on this, okay? So what we did was using Cytosolve, we went to the structure. Of, this is the endothelial, which you're seeing here. And remember, there's a, these have all different molecular reactions going on in there. And this is the parasites, and this is the astrocytes, the green, okay? So really three structures. This is called the neurovascular unit, the parasites, the endothelial, and the green, the astrocytes. So what we did was we looked at all the literature out there. And yeah, it's not parasites. It's parasites, okay? Not parasites, okay? Big, big difference. Thank you. Thank you. Let's, Eddie Chua says, yes. Parasites, not parasites. Thank you, Eddie. So what we did was we looked at all the research out there and we organized it to look at all the molecular systems in the endothelial, all the molecular systems, the parasites, and all the molecular systems, the astrocytes. And the goal was, could we, as the architects looking at it, could we come up with the architecture that could explain many of these diseases? Okay? All right. And by the way, we'll talk about this a little more. The destruction of the parasites, there's a growing body of evidence that this destruction in the blood-brain barrier, guess what causes it? Likely toxins, I mean, it could be, some of it could be genetic, some of it could be food you eat, and likely toxins in the environment, plastics, right? Heavy metals, all this kind of stuff, right? So these things literally are poking holes and destroying the parasites. And when this breaks down, you're hurting your blood-brain barrier, breaking down the wall, quote-unquote, the wall in your body, okay? All right. Yeah, thanks, Eddie. Eddie says it's a homophone. Please don't con confuse parasites with parasites, okay? All right, thank you. So, so what we did was we did that analysis. So we looked at the, the first we looked at the, the endothelial here, okay, which is this piece right here, and we mapped out all those molecular pathways. Now, I'm not going to go into detail, but every piece of word here is a molecule. The line is a molecular reaction. You can see... There's a bunch of molecular reactions going on in this structure right here, laterally here and the structure. Here. So in the endothelial, we mapped out all these molecular systems. So you notice where, this is why we say we take a systems approach. We're understanding all the interconnections. Now, all of this individual research have been done by others. So the problem in biology or neuroscience or any of the biological sciences is people get incentivized to you know, find one little thing and you could win a Nobel prize just for finding this little piece of reaction right here. Okay. Or this, or this, but putting all of this together, there's really not a lot of awards given for that because it's a grueling job, but that's what we've done here. We've organized all the molecular pathways of within the endothelial. Okay. All right. Then going again, going back to this anatomy here, we did this and then we went to the parasites, which is a structure here. Okay, so the endothelial is here, and then you have the parasites here. Again, all of these molecular reactions are coming from experiments that people have done. So we don't need to kill animals because we already are, are looking at work that's been done. Let me just uh, 
By the way, I'd like to share our stuff here. Let me knock this out here. Uh, let me hide this. Okay, because I want, obviously, you guys to learn systems, and I have a little banner running below here. So please go to vashiva.com slash join. Um, your support of that, your signing up supports you and also supports us to be able to do this kind of uh, great work here. So what we have here is that here you see that we've mapped out all the molecular pathways of the endothelial, all the molecular pathways of the parasites. And no one had done this before. So anatomically, we've mapped out these pathways in this. And then we looked at the astrocytes, which is really representing the brain and how it, it interconnects to the parasites. All right. So what we did was using the cytosol approach, working with collaborators at USC, we mapped out literally the neurovascular unit, all the molecular reactions in the endothelial, which is the cell that feeds the, 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 the thing that contains the, the blood-brain barrier where blood flows through. We then mapped out all the molecular pathways in the parasites and the astrocytes. So we could have just done that and walked away, but a systems approach, when you think systems, you're trying to interconnect all of this so you can see the whole, okay? Again, I can't overemphasize that a systems approach is what is needed in the modern world. And you can apply this to neuroscience, you can apply it to your body, you can apply it to politics, you can apply it to everything. So one of the biggest contributions that really came from our efforts, my efforts and Cytosolve's efforts were this. What I proposed was that we need to really, here is the anatomy. So we did was we literally laid it out like a architecture and, and there it is. And I'll come back to this. So what do I mean by architecture? If you build software, if you're a construction person, you'll typically know, notice that the building of software, the building of any engineering system is done in layers, okay? You build a foundation of a building. Right. And then you put the plumbing and the electricity and that's like the middleware layer. And, you know, maybe even you put in the cat five or the cat six, right. All the communications. And then you finish up with the interior design. Well, in software, you do the same thing. You build a data layer, then you build a communications layer. It's called the application layer. And then you build a user interface. So that's the same thinking I approached to um, this problem. And by the way, academics don't think like this, okay? When I put this together and we submitted this paper uh, to one of the leading journals in the world, half of the reviewers thought it was a brilliant paper and the other half didn't had never heard of the word systems architecture. So think about this. And they you know, made all sorts of critiques about the paper, very nasty remarks. And I had to explain to them what is a systems architecture. And then uh, I'll show you the success we had, but anyway, this is a systems architecture. Okay, let me make it a little bit bigger. Um, but what you can see here is the foundation layer is a neurovascular unit, it's the anatomy. So here's the endothelial, and we mapped out all the different molecular pathways. In fact, we modularize them. So that's what these little pieces are here on the left. It's a little bit hard to see. And here's the parasites, and here's the astrocytes. So just think about this contribution itself. It was the first time anyone had really mapped out all the molecular pathways, but we took it one step further. From an engineering systems approach, we said, okay, here is a neurovascular unit, but then we found out that the endothelial and the parasites, they communicate, almost like this is like their uh, communications infrastructure, their internet. 
they use one, two, three, four, five, six major subsystems to communicate between each other. MFSD2A, notch, TGF beta, TGF beta R2, VEGF, A VEGF R2, ANG, TI2, PDGF B, uh, BB, PDGF FR beta. Now, what are these? These are basically subsystems of communication. And similarly, between the parasites and the astrocytes, there were two major subsystems, okay? So think about this as a middleware layer, as a piping, as the communications layer between these anatomical subsystems, all right? But here is a really cool thing. All right, so we understood the anatomy. We mapped out all the molecular pathways. And then we understood the communications between the subsystems. But now to make it practical to people and, and to clinically valid, we looked at all the different diseases that are out there that you hear people, horrible diseases people talk about, Alzheimer's, right? And ALS and brain cancer and hypoxia and micro you know, cephaly or ischemic stroke, right? I mean, there's a bunch of them. Well, all these diseases were always being viewed in a reductionist way, like the blind man touching the elephant. Okay, someone just studies Alzheimer's. Someone else just studies uh, Parkinson's. Someone else just studies, um, uh, you know, ALS and so on, okay? This is this siloed reductionism that occurs in academic research. It occurs in medicine. This is why people don't see the interconnections of these diseases. They label these diseases, and it's very lucrative to label diseases because what you can do then is you can design drugs for individual diseases and you don't have to look at prevention, okay? So what you see here is all of these diseases we mapped out and then we related it to this second communications layer. And you find out these diseases are actually breakdowns in the communications between the endothelial and the parasites and the parasites and the astrocytes. So for example, here's ALS right here. Here's Alzheimer's. So if you follow this through, you find out it's a breakdown, Alzheimer's and um, ALS in the PDGF, BB, PDGFR beta pathway, which interconnects the endothelial and the parasites. So anatomically, what we've been able to understand here is that when the endothelial cell and parasite signaling is broken down, that's when you get ALS and Alzheimer's. I hope this is valuable. So basically, this thing becomes a very powerful map that helps researchers, okay? And it becomes, it's almost like we've mapped the world in some ways, okay? We've mapped these anatomical structures and we're able to use this to now, we're gonna be taking to the next level with Cytosol. We can start modeling these, figuring out how particular things can break down the blood-brain barrier and what are things that can prevent and support the blood-brain barrier like turmeric. We've talked about this. Curcumin is very powerful at protection of the blood-brain barrier. People have known this, but how and why does this do this? We can use this mapping to understand. So really the big takeaway is the blood-brain barrier is a, is a very powerful aspect of brain health. So things that sustain your brain, a, a blood-brain barrier, support it, keeping it functioning well, will lead to brain health. Things that destroy your blood-brain barrier, certain foods, certain toxins in the environment, even particularly different kinds of bacteria and viruses, okay, that can cross the blood-brain barrier, okay? 
One of the things people talk about is spirochetes, okay? The Lyme, um, you know, bacteria, right? Which is a spirochete, which sort of can drill its way here and cause some serious problems. So the, the net takeaway that you want to think about is that this anatomical structure, let me go back to this, is critical. And if the parasites break down, and parasites can help break, potentially affect this, you have, this is a thing that leads to these diseases, okay? This becomes a map. Now, when we did this research and we submitted it, by the way, you know, journals um, in science are rated at different levels. Sort of the Academy Awards of journals is a journal called Nature. So we submitted this work to Nature um, and half of the reviewers thought it was brilliant and the other half, and these are the leading scientists in the world to review this, and the other half, as I mentioned, didn't understand the word engineering systems architecture, which is a term that I'd used. So I had to write about a 20-page response really educating these leading neuroscientists, what is a systems architecture? This is how backward and ignorant their knowledge was. Fortunately, these guys were open and the paper got published. And you can see it here. We're very proud of this. Um, uh, myself and Betsa Bereslav were the senior authors, typically, and Melanie was the first author, and she was the postdoc here, okay? But this got published. It's gotten, I think, over nearly 700 citations in science. One of the biggest things is who cites your work. It validates your work, okay? So I know this was a, somewhat of a deep discussion, but what we attempt to do here is to raise your level of consciousness. Um, we're not here to just do those little videos. Oh, um, I mean, we, we can do that, but we'll always connect it to the molecular system science. But this is not, oh, just eat, eat curcumin and you're going to be fine. I could say that, but it's just saying, believe me, we want to make you think. We want to know that you learn how to think, and that's a systems way. We don't want to tell you what to think because I'm not going to say eat this and it's going to help you. We want you to understand the mechanisms here. So the key takeaway you should take away from this is, oh, there's something called the blood and brain barrier. Oh, there's a neurovascular unit. Oh, the parasites breaking down can cause serious issues in the blood brain barrier. Oh, there are three tiers. Okay, there's the anatomical layer. There's a molecular systems layer, the neurovascular unit. Then there's communications. And then there's a disease, okay? The way that Western medicine today works, or, or you're, you always are told the disease, you know, and hopefully you could, had you known some of this stuff, you could have helped heal yourself, understand the body. So my, as Hippocrates said, the goal is to, um, you know, he said, uh, uh, it's a very foolish man who, or woman who uh, doesn't become their own doctor. Well, but you, in the modern world, you can't be your own doctor without knowledge. And what is that knowledge? It's a systems knowledge. So that's what you just learned today. You, you've learned uh, something. I would guarantee most neuroscientists don't even know about this. Most medical doctors know about this. But uh, you can review this video and you can, you can really teach people, look, there are three anatomical systems that all of these diseases are breakdowns in the communication signaling pathways. Okay? So beyond, uh, and the idea is for you to move beyond just you know, like putting sound bites out there, okay? All this research is brought to you by the Open Science Institute. Um, and I encourage all of you to go contribute there. You can go to vashiva.com. If you go there and you scroll down, you'll see um, there is a 
a link to the Open Science Institute. And we have various projects going on. This was a brain health project. I recommend you go there and you can contribute. And by the way, when you contribute, I want to make it a reciprocal relationship. By the way, you don't have to contribute anything. You can just listen to the videos and absorb it and enjoy it. But if you do contribute, I want to also, you're contributing to support a systems approach to understand the blood-brain barrier. But um, your contributions also go, when you contribute, I actually give you back gifts so you can become a systems scientist. You can um, become a systems learner. So if you contribute, for example, a uh, hundred bucks or more, you get access to the entire system science course. If you contribute, I think 25 to a hundred bucks, you get access to other tools. And if you don't want to contribute anything, you just want to become a member, please go do that. It's absolutely free. And um, that's right here. So you can go here, learn more about that. But most importantly, I want you to take the foundations of systems course, go to vashiva.com slash join, because we need to create a world where we're creating more systems thinkers. That's how we get out of the left-right paradigm, the pro-ante, where you can actually start educating the medical community. It's an engineering systems approach. I used to teach this course all over the world. You know, for a lot of money, I, I've made it accessible where everyone um, gets about a $2,500 scholarship. And if you take the course and you pass it, which most people do, you can then give the course to any child between the age of 13 through 18 for absolutely free. Okay. Thanks, Olive. Uh, Someone says, can I do a, yes, I, we can do one, Tricia, on the endocannabinoid system. In fact, we have a lot of material on there. And then finally, um, please get the book because you will really get a real um, deep learning of engineering systems and system science right here. It's free, just cover shipping and handling. And again, our goal is to learn how to think. There's enough people telling us what to think and that's not what we want to do. And we want to learn the science of systems. And before I close, I want to invite all of you to our open house. We do it every Thursday. Um, you can go right there to vashiva.com slash orientation. Sign up. You'll get an immediate RSVP with two Zoom links, depending on which one you want to go to. Okay? So I hope this was valuable. And again, uh, uh, I want to encourage everyone to come to the orientation. And before I leave, I want to play a video, which will really, I, actually, you know what I'm gonna do? Um, some of you are asking about this. Um, we have used Cytosol to actually create a very, um, I have one of the products here. For years, we've been using Cytosol to do research with major universities. We've helped a lot of nutritional companies, functional food companies. But about two years ago, we literally said, why don't we use Cytosol to literally go through understanding all the molecular pathways of pain, inflammation, and see if we could go through all trillions of, um, use a computer. We didn't kill any animals in the creation of MV25, but this is a very practical way. I'll pl play this video. And a bunch of you I know have gotten a lot of benefit from this, but we went through all the natural products out there and we found ingredients from natural um, uh, fruits and vegetables, the active ingredients, when you combine them, it's doing alchemy. It has a profound effect on alleviating pain and inflammation. So let me just share that uh, video with you here. Millions of people suffer every day from painful discomfort and swelling, but most pain medications come with harsh side effects, and many alternative supplements have little scientific backing. 
That's why we at Cytosolve created MV25. MV25 was formulated using the Cytosolve Computational Systems Biology Platform, a technology for precision and personalized health invented by Dr. Shiva during his doctoral research at MIT. This formulation is the result of computing trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular interactions derived from thousands of peer-reviewed scientific papers published across four decades by 68 research institutions to discover an optimal synergy of compounds that downregulate biomarkers of discomfort and normal swelling. Hi, I'm Barbara Ann. My hands would cramp up so that I couldn't hold cards or knit or crochet. And they would go like that. Not have to use this when I played cards with my grandkids. And I'd start taking that MV25. After a bit, I was able to hold cards in my hand. Very, very little cramping, hardly at all anymore. MV25. Hi, my name is Sandy. I'm a Taekwondo instructor. I tore my ACL during Taekwondo. I had a lot of pain and limited mobility. I've been taking the MV25 for about six months now. After the first week, I noticed a big difference. After the second week, almost literally no pain. My name is Jeremy and I suffer from a lower back problem. Hurt my back at work years ago and I can go to the chiropractor, do all kinds of different things and nothing seems to help. And I decided to try MV25. I didn't notice a difference immediately, but within a few days the pain went away and it stayed away. I've continued to take it and even when I do things that I shouldn't do, it seems to go away a lot quicker than it ever did before. MV25 is certified clean, 100% non-GMO, made in America and GMP certified for good manufacturing practices. MV25 is Cytosolve optimized which means that this formula has been engineered to maximize benefits while minimizing toxicity based on current research curated by Cytosolve. As the science advances, so will this formulation. This is our promise. Order online at mv25.life. Consult your doctor before taking any supplement or medication and use as directed. MV25. All right, everyone. So those of you who've joined us, this was a blood, brain, and brain health um, discussion. Uh, we have uh, introduced the topic of the blood-brain barrier and brain health. We've essentially given you an anchor point on where you can really understand brain health, okay? So when you look at all these diseases, they're just names. Alzheimer's, ALS, these are different names, but ultimately the names of these diseases and brain dysfunctions relate to molecular pathways. And what we gave by way of example was if you look at Alzheimer's and you look at ALS, they are destructions or they are dysfunctions in a, the same signaling pathway between the endothelial and the parasites, okay? So you can start getting a deeper understanding and you, you can see commonality of these diseases and you can start looking at certain foods, certain compounds that will cross the blood-brain barrier and protect the brain. And we'll start talking about that. In fact, over the last four years now, Cytosol has had a big brain health effort to map out all the molecular pathways of the brain. And we started looking at different compounds in nature and, work, and we're working on, just like we did with MV25, coming up with a new formulation. But we don't just put out crap out there 
the, uh, the problem with the big pharma is they only look at individual synthetic compounds. The problem with the big vitamins is people just throw a bunch of garbage together and they put it out there with brand branding. We really want to, we know that there's stuff in nature that works, but we really want to find out what works with the science behind it. So it's a unique position we find ourselves. And because we have Cytosol, we can do that in a very scientific way. And we can be honest, as new science comes, we're going to keep updating it. So anyway, I hope this was valuable. Uh, again, this was the discussion on blood brain barrier and brain health. And uh, again, go to the orientation. Okay. I want to see all of you guys there or go join uh, vhiva.com slash join. That's a gift you can give me. And that's how you can support our science. Um, go become a warrior scholar, go to vhiva.com slash join, sign up or come to the orientation to learn more about what truth, freedom and health is and the systems approach. Okay. Uh, be well, be the light. And I hope this was valuable to all of you. Be well. Thank you.